Hey, it's Julie Pilot from the Idea Fountain. It's time to start a new season. For me, a new season of life. I recently started a new job at Invisible Narratives as president of music. I'm working with Adam Goodman, who founded the company after being president at Paramount Pictures and DreamWorks. It's really fun. He was behind some of my favorite movies like Almost Famous, The Ring, Wolf of Wall Street, and he did the Justin Bieber movie. It's going to be really awesome for me to champion creatives there. And speaking of championing creatives, I'm now officially a Jam Card mentor. One of the best pieces of advice I've ever received in my career was to always have a mentor and always be a mentor. I'm looking forward to doing Jam Card mentoring. More on that in a minute with Elmo. We're kicking into season six of the Idea Fountain. It's going to be focused on the future, new paths, and opportunities. You can also join our Ying group and Skillshare. Message me for more at juliepilot.co or at the Idea Fountain on IG. Here we go. I D E A F O U N E A I N. This is the Idea Fountain. Life-changing conversations. So, Elmo, doing this interview actually really inspired me. And I'll tell you why. Because when I started my podcast a few years ago, I was working at a big tech company and confidentiality was huge. And so I couldn't ever talk really about the business. Yeah. And... um. I had fun on my podcast and I interviewed all these inspirational people that changed my life and it was, you know, really a a little bit of telling people stories that should be a thousand times more famous than they are. That's how my podcast happened. And then when I left my job and confidentiality wasn't as much of an issue, I talked about the thing I cared about the most and it was championing creatives. And we talked a lot about creators and the shift in the world and how so much money has transferred from artists to tech companies and how it's the wild wild west out there i spoke to so many people about not only the challenges they were having but the ways they were innovating and i was so inspired by so many people I used to do my podcast once a month and all of a sudden I started doing it every week and I was going through all these stories and then I, you know, emotionally kind of hit a wall and it's funny because I started my new job at Invisible Narratives, which is all about finding solutions for the future, especially the film industry, which kind of feels like it's at where the music business was 10, 15 years ago. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, look at I feel like, and you know, I have not worked in the film industry my entire life, but you know, what's happening with even the idea of going to movie theaters or the idea of appointment viewing is being completely thrown out the window the same way you used to buy a CD and just live with that one CD. Now people are scrolling through content 15 seconds at a time, but there's a lot of opportunity too. It depends on how you look at it. And so I took about a month off my podcast and then I started getting inspired again to do different interviews, you're being one of them. And the light bulb just went off over my head this morning. I'm starting a new season and it's all gonna be focused on the future and solutions. 
And so I'm so excited to talk to you about what's happening at Jamcard and tap in to this new community that's doing really incredible things. Uh, you and I have known each other for a while because um, of the Recording Academy. But, I mean, I'm excited to kick into it. I don't even know your official story and how Jam Card came to be. Tell me more. Yes. <laughs> um, the official story signed off by me. Uh, I'm, so I'm a drummer, first and foremost. Uh, started playing when I was 10. I started uh, making money as a drummer when I was 15. Um, and by the time I was 16, I was fully on tour. Uh, by the time I was 18, I was touring internationally. And this was all like DIY punk rock bands. It well, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. Like there's a side of me that wonders when you were 16 on tour, how many of the Warp Tours you've been on? Oh my God. Okay, so I definitely did Warp Tour at age 16. <laughs> the entire thing. Um, and also, uh, at on the Warp Tour when I was 16, I won the world's fastest drummer competition. Stop. Uh, and I what was like, year? Uh, what year was that? Yeah. Uh, I was born in 84, so that was 2000. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Warp Tour 2000. And uh, it was in Las Vegas was the competition classic at the Las Vegas Warp Tour. And, uh, and I, I actually have a photo of me. They like, because back then there wasn't like, you know, camera phones or like yeah, video, or yeah. videoing everything. But there's like a <laughs> video of me or like a photo of me like holding this belt. They gave me like a like a wrestling championship belt, but it was for like world's fastest drummer. I did nine, 971 single strokes in 16 or in 60 seconds. So I think it was like 17 notes or strokes per second. Um, anyways, so uh that, that that was funny i also won the, the best drummer on warp tour competition that year i like beat the drummer of like strung out and and who were you drumming with at the time i was drumming at the time with a with a band called limit point which was my favorite local band in la who funny enough i got that gig by so at the time i was on aol right yeah <laughs> i was i was so i was 15 at that time and i was on aol my username was Chris Drums because my real name is Chris. I didn't have the name Elmo yet, and uh, and so I had Chris Drums. And I and I realized you could search keywords in AOL. So I started searching to try to find musicians on AOL. I literally was using AOL like it like it was Jam Card, like, <laughs> and I was like searching for keywords, searching for bands, and I found the singer of my favorite band, Limit Point, which was like a local Pasadena pop punk kind of it was a little bit before pop punk so it was just like kind of punk right it was like green day was huge right and that kind of stuff so like uh and i loved them and i had just seen them play with homegrown and phoenix tx oh my gosh so i just need to connect with you on local music and punk rock and say yeah. i grew up in seattle and uh it was funny i grew up working in a hip-hop radio station simultaneously at a college radio station when i was 14 15. so i grew up and at one point i already was uh, a music director and dj at a major market radio station in my early 20s and i almost quit my job to do marketing at sub pop because i wanted to go on tour with the murder city devils all summer on the warp tour and I used God to bless, love Murder City Devils. I still love Murder City yeah. Devils. Yeah. This is my favorite live band. But it was funny. Aaron Axelson that worked at Live 105 called me up and was like, 
don't do it. Please stay in radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Murder City Devils on, on Warp Tour. Yeah, that was crazy. Amazing. So, okay, so you grew up drumming. You're a punk rocker, but how did you get to the point? Well, and it's so interesting, too. I think there's not enough conversations in the general marketplace about the music business and how people in bands get paid right oh because yeah. uh, everybody thinks like oh if you have a song on the radio oh if you're on this playlist on spotify or apple music you're a successful musician without knowing the ins and outs of what's recoupable at a record label or who owns publishing and so many drummers are work for hire well not drummers but people mm -hmm. in bands yeah yeah, it's a it's a big problem. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I, t I was talking to Evan Bogart yesterday, our mutual friend, and he was telling me kind of his origin story. And he was saying uh, that it was when he got on the board of the Academy for the first time was when he realized he was the only songwriter. And so he was like, okay, my role here for the next 10, 12 years, whatever, however long it's been now is to champion songwriters, right? Yeah. Same with me, but with musicians, right? Like, um, I was like, musicians, are literally at the bottom of the barrel of the music industry, right? And like, and it wasn't until I was 20, so fast forward, I'm 25 and I become a musical director and I'm music directing like arena tours and stuff. And I'm working with the labels and the management on tour budgets. And I see that musicians are literally the bottom line item on the budget of all the costs for the tour. And that's when I was like, we're, we're literally the bottom of the, of the spreadsheet, right? So wow. like just to actually, figuratively see like not just not just be like oh yeah we're at the it's like we're, we're actually at the bottom of the barrel this this shows because you've always put like what's most important top of the budget right so um anyways that was when i was like i i, I really got to do something i thought about jam card for years because i always was being the drummer a lot of the times you're the guy that is like the glue or the guy or the girl that is like the glue of the band you're the backbone of the band a lot of the times the drummer has the personality to keep everyone emotionally together because <laughs> you have your singers and your guitarists and your there's so many different persona types that really not are always true but a lot of the times <laughs> prove true uh depending on kind of the instrument you play it really is like personality types choose instruments a lot of the time um so i was always used to kind of being like the morale leader especially even in the early years when i started touring and then, uh, but I was, I wasn't ever the leader. Like there was always the singer or the whoever, but I would be there supporting everyone. And then it wasn't until I was like 22 where I started doing my bands that I was like, oh no, I'm the leader of. And then, um, and then when I was 25 and I became a musical director, I was like, okay, I'm actually the boss of the band, but for an artist, right. And like putting it together and getting that responsibility. So I, I've always been like a champion of, of the musicians, especially once I started working with pop stars or artists where it was like, you're, you're the entity and we're all the contractors, right? So, okay, let me represent the contractors and try to make it as fair for everyone as possible and try to get everyone else as much money and not just myself. Because a lot of the time the music director just gets themselves the most money and then gives everyone else, you know, the lesser, let's say. So I just, I don't know, I kind of, that was when my fight, I guess, began for musicians. And that was also when I thought of Jam Card, but I didn't think, I didn't actually start Jam Card for years until years later um because i was like i'm a drummer now i'm a music director cool i want to make this tech company i want to make this app i don't know how to do that i have no education in technology or anything like that um 
but whatever. So I just kept touring. And also my career was going really well at the time, especially for a drummer. I was making money, you know, like I was making my full living. I was playing arenas. I had albums charting that I was like the session player on and stuff like that. So it was, it was happening, but I kept thinking about, about starting this company and I had the name instantly of jam card. It's uh, so funny because I remember, I kid you not. I love a good serendipity that <laughs> within 48 hours, I was in an Uber and I was talking to my Uber driver and he was a drummer for Kendrick. Oh, no way. Yeah, my Uber driver. And then I met you and I heard what Jam Card did connecting musicians with yeah. more gigs when they weren't on the road. And right. I was like, I wish I had this guy's number. Right. So talk about how Jam Card, like, when you started its mission, you said to give musicians more money, but how did the app work at the, at the beginning? And then we'll talk about the evolution. Yeah, so, so the, the very first thing that I wanted to solve is the problem that all the creatives in the music industry essentially are, are freelance, right? And there's no, it's entirely word of mouth. There's no way to even find them, right? Even if you need something at a, at a major label or at Apple or wherever you are, you're like texting people. Do you yeah. know a guitar player? Do you know a songwriter? Do you know like a, a female drummer? Do you know what it's like? You're just like, what? <laughs> how do I find these people? Right. And then I would. So I realized that it wasn't just at the uh, amateur up and coming hobbyist level, because obviously right there, there's people are just on Craigslist. Like there's like nothing for it. But then as I grew and I made it up to, to that point where I was hiring people with real budgets, I realized it's still word of mouth all the way at the top. So I really wanted to make that. So the first thing was I kind of making like the LinkedIn for the musician industry and creating a uh, social network that could, that everyone could have a profile and show who you worked with and your photos and your videos and your skills and also have a search where you could search for whatever you wanted. So how can you be found and represent yourself, but also how can you find whatever you're looking for? So that was version one of the Jamcard app. And I decided in the very last minute uh, to make it private and invite only because I realized it was actually really funny. I had my birthday at that time and I had a private, I was always throwing jam sessions. I know now I throw these massive jam sessions, right? But even back then I was always throwing jams and, uh, and it would always be private. And then someone asked me, can I bring a plus one? And I was like, sure. And someone brought this one person that came and the jam was killing. It was like Rain Wolf on guitar, Tall Wilkenfield on bass, like me on drums, midair playing like his like drum machine. I remember the, the jam was killing. And all of a sudden this plus one person walked on stage, grabbed the guitar and just ruined the whole jam. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it only took one person to ruin that, right? And that was me. And then I literally went home and I was like, I need to make jam card private, like invite only. Cause what if it only takes one person to ruin the jam card, right? So, so I made it private vetted from, from day one and we launched it right after. And that kind of became a big part of who we are also, because it made me realize, wait, I want to focus first on the subset of people that are people making their living in music, right? Focus on that. And then if we get that right, we can always lower it and make it more accessible to more people. But if we open it up to everybody, we might just get flooded with the amateurs and then you might never get the professionals, right? right? So instead I started with the Kendrick Lamar band and the Prince band and like those kind of people, right? Um, and, and, it, and it really sparked from there and everyone really loved that. 
exclusivity and the fact that it was curated because if you went on to Jamcard and you searched for somebody, you knew that, sorry, if you went on to Jamcard and you searched for somebody, you knew that it wasn't just any Joe Schmo out there, but it, it was like all people that were really good. So even if there was only 10 results for this drummer that you're looking for, it was 10 good results compared to like digging through what you're like, what is this, right? So so, so yeah, so the ver first version of the app is how do you represent yourself? How do you find yourself? How do you find what you're looking for um, with a really clean technology and a clean brand? And that was, how it's, that was how it started. And it was just supposed to be a tech company. And then when we launched it and put it up, I was like, well, we're already throwing jams always. Why don't I throw a jam that's like a jam card members only, right? So we'll call it the jam jam because it's just the jam card jam. By the way, Naughty by Nature will not stop playing in my head. Remember Jamboree? <laughs> the jam jam, the jam jam. Wow, we actually need to do a version of that probably at the jam jam. That's a good <laughs> idea. So anyway, so then like the Jam Jam just started as a one-off in my living room. Um, the guys from Stevie Wonder's band were some of the first members. So I had them, I was like, hey, you guys down to play at my house? And they were like, yeah. So it just, so I had Stevie Wonder's band play in my living room and I did it in a circle because I wanted there to be, because I'm a drummer. So I was like, no lead person in front, circle, everyone's even. There's line of sight for everybody and you can just have the people right on top of you, like all of your peers. And that just sparked and like the guys from prince's band came to that one and then they were like can we do it can we do the next one and i was like yeah sure i guess there's the next one right and then and then bieber's band came and they're like can we do the next one and i was like sure and then they did it and the next thing you know there's like hundreds of people outside my house and i couldn't do it there anymore and then we got offered to do it at tower records and then we took over tower records and did it and then we got offered to do it at capital and then ty dollar sign wanted to do it so we did it with ty and then it just kept going and then we did it with quincy and then we did it with anderson and then we did it, and then now we're doing it at festivals in front of fifteen thousand people and so it's 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 that became once once again talk about idea fountain and you don't even realize you start one thing and it just sparks another idea and then some things just like blossom quickly and other things that you can work really hard on are don't or maybe they're or maybe it's a much slower bloom right and it's like that was never the jam jam was never supposed to be like a product that makes money it was never supposed to be a it was just supposed to be like this fun jam that i can do to to bring the community together and celebrate jam card and have people meet irl right and then unbelievable how much life flows when you're really living in purpose and doing things for the right reason versus yes. trying to invent something that you think people will invest in and stuff it it just really is unbelievable seriously all the things that have been most successful in my life are the things that i just think about that i just want to do because it excites me and it's not like pnl driven but and then if you do something that excites people eventually the pnl will be good off it if you can then figure it out after right so yeah it's so 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 that became a thing that i never thought was going to be a thing and now the jam jam makes money but it's still like my favorite thing to do that's one reason why covid was so hard because that was the thing that got really pulled away from me was no no live events and all that kind of stuff but i just recently learned about this group maverick city music are you familiar with them maverick yeah maverick city music no. well you you should dive into it because it's really fascinating they kind of did what you did but they are songwriters oh. they got people together and were having jams and uh they're faith-based 
But they started doing songwriting camps. Boy, Evan needs to look at this. And they they did like eight songwriting camps. I don't know if it was invite only or if it was to the general public, but they made all these songs. Then they just started recording and performing them and having these jams. And they went from like 1,000 person show to 7,000 cat to arenas in Amazing. under a year. No it's, way. it's unbelievable, but there's so many underrepresented elements or people in the music industry and you think about how much weight gets put into a lead singer or a front person yep. and um everybody matters so much in the band they bring so much creativity and oh, magic yeah. to music that i think there's there's a lot of opportunities so i could talk to you forever and we could go down so many rabbit holes and it is killing me not to but i want <laughs> to get to Two things. One, uh, jam card as it is now, how yep. people can get involved if it's private only, what you want people to know about jam card. And let's also touch on the mentoring. Yes. So, so, so that was step one of what we wanted to build with the technology is like that network and that database and have it be searchable so you can do all that. The second thing and that, that is essentially our mission is how musicians get paid. Cause as you said, it's completely screwed, right? So there's a lot of people making solutions for royalties and stuff like that, which is great. We're more on how do you get paid for sessions, right? And how do you get paid for your shows, touring? Um, and just also like, how do you get paid as a consultant or a contractor or in anything in general? So that's where we're really focused on. So the first thing we built was, uh, it's called Jamcard Booking, where we essentially just attached payments into the app. So your profile, you could also buy and sell essentially, right? You could book, you could pay. We built this uh, escrow payment system because musicians spend 50% of their time chasing money that's owed to them after the gig, right? So you're, you know, three months later sending, just following up emails, asking for a thousand dollars or something, right? It's like so, so ridiculous. And then so many creatives are not business-minded. So maybe they're not good at that or they don't want to send that email and then that money's just gone, right? Yeah. So, so, so we built a, this escrow system in Jamcard where, hey, if you get booked on Jamcard, we charge the credit card to the buyer ahead of time. We hold the money in escrow. The second the gig is done, we get the money go straight to your account like Uber, Airbnb. So we built that and we've had $500,000 in transactions go through that in the last year as we've been like testing it. And then of course we were in COVID. So that really made me pivot and kind of think like, okay, with, with the technology that we've already built, and with what our mission is and with where our members currently are, because a lot of them are really hurting, right? After income just got wiped, uh, especially the live people that base their income off like live performance. What could we build? And we had a, for a long time, people had asked us like, are we going to do an education product? What would it be? And I was always like, yeah, later. I just don't know what it is yet, right? Like we will, but what will it be? So then I was kind of thinking, okay, this could actually be a good thing because I was seeing in the jam card app people getting booked and people seeing like hey would you teach me this or could you give me advice on this and I was like okay I really like that right and then I started diving into it more and I was like one-on-one -on -one mentorship is like the most powerful thing ever like and I feel lucky that I've just naturally had good people around me and I still to this day have incredible mentors that I lean on right for for, for so much and I have people that I give advice to as well but a lot of people don't have that luxury to have people around them. Maybe they're not in the right city or maybe they're not outgoing naturally or whatever it could be. Right. So 
I was like, if we can make a mentor marketplace, like an actual platform where you could just go on and find these people that you look up to in the music industry and book them for time to have a one-on-one and give them, have them give you direct advice on whatever it is you're looking to do, whether you're an artist that is like, how do I release my music better? How would I put a marketing plan together? How do I get on radio or like, or how do I get an agent or how do I get a manager or, or you're a musician that's like, oh, I, how do I get on tour? How do I actually get hired? You know, or how do I get in a session? How do I get in this new room? Or is my mix good? Can you tell me how to make my mix better? <laughs> Any of those things, right? So that was like, I was like, God, that is so powerful. If we could create that marketplace, that like kind of knowledge marketplace. And that way you could give like all the, because the Jam Card membership is full of all these incredible people that have all this knowledge. So could we productize and monetize that off them? Because a lot of these people that have that knowledge also need ancillary income right now, right? Yeah. So, okay, cool. And then there's, of course, there's like Grammy U and there's a bunch of other mentor platforms on a, uh, with a bunch of companies, which is all great, but those aren't built to scale and they're not productized, right? Those are like one-on-one or this influential person will give like one mentorship a year, right? But I was like, well, how could we build something where we could give the power to the mentor to where they could do it whenever they want, right? So you could have this wait list and people can show interest in learning from you. And then whenever you want, you could be like, you know what, I have time this weekend, I'll open up a few slots, right? And then have those slots open and then sell them. So that was kind of the thought, like, could we build that? And so uh, that was what we, we set out to build. And it's been really awesome now that it's up and we're so uh, grateful and happy to have you on as a mentor, which is amazing. And, uh, and we have like 50 incredible people on there now as we're testing it. Um, there's been, I think, 200 mentor sessions already booked and done through the platform uh, as we're testing it still. We're just about at feature complete. So we're going to start like marketing it more now. Um, but essentially, that's it. So you can it's a music mentor marketplace where you can go and find any of these experts and get advice from them either join their waitlist if they don't have times available right now or book a time with them. If you join their waitlist, you'll get notified right when they open slots, build the payments in-house, the messaging system in-house, we have our own video chat. So that way the mentors also feel like protected and safe in case they're, you know, of influence and someone's a fan or whatever it could be, you know? So, and it really just, it puts the power into the hands of the mentor to just do it whenever they want. So that it's not like this big obligation where they're like, oh, how often do I have to do this? It's like, it's whenever you want, you know? I think it's really so powerful in so many ways. One of the best pieces of advice I got in my career really early on is you should always have a mentor and always be a mentor. Mm -hmm. And similarly, I think that putting yourself into different communities and areas of expertise to build with people can open so many doors and everybody wants to help, but so few people are willing to ask for the help. And this just opens up a system to make it a lot easier, a lot more clean for booking, availability, and things like that, that I'm I'm really excited for everything that you're doing. And I think we should have a part two at some place. And (laughs) either that or we just need to hang out on a weekend or something. But yeah, so like essentially, that's like the main focus right now. And the, the, the future is to go deeper into that, deeper into building marketplace features. So the creative side of the music industry can, as an independent contractor, make more money and manage it better, like through Jamcard. And so essentially help you just manage your career through technology. Without us, we're not your manager. We're not replacing managers. We're actually a tool for managers, right? So so that's like where we're going is let's build the biggest global database of all these music professionals. And let's 
build services and a really smart search so you can find everybody and work with everybody. How do you, if people want to join Jamcard and get involved, what do they need to do? Yep. And what advice do you have for musicians that are just starting in the business? Yeah, so, okay, if, you, if you'd like to join Jamcard, you can go to jamcard.com and you can apply. There's a button that says like apply to be a member. You can also just download the app and apply if you're a professional. Um, if you're not a professional, let's say you're aspiring pro, you're up and coming, uh, anything like that, you can still download the app right now and create uh, and create an account. Um, it's just not the membership account yet. So you have less features. This is like a new thing that we're working on. Um, and you can also book a mentor. Like anyone in the world can book a Jamcard mentor. It's our first like public product, essentially. It's our first web-based product. So if you're interested in the mentor platform, go to jamcard.com slash mentors. And if you're interested in the social network, kind of professional network, go to the app store and download the Jamcard app. So if you're a pro, you can apply to join and we just make sure that you're making your living in music and then you'll get an account. And if you're up and coming, you can get kind of on the on the non-member side for now, but we're building more features for that. Or you can also be a mentee and get yourself a mentor, which will help you get into the app. It's so funny, Elmo. I remember, well, when I was a kid, I started out playing music. I played piano and I was in the orchestra for years. And I remember when I was in a computer class and like learning how to type, I flew. And somebody said, do you play instruments? It makes sense that you're typing so fast because of how your brain is like wired. Yeah. And then later in my career, I had this, I was watching Grohl and them Crooked Vultures. I was watching Jack and the Dead Weather. And I was like, I think I want to start taking drum lessons. Yeah. And I took one <laughs> drum lesson and my, my hands and my feet cannot do two different things at one time. So what I am saying is that it is no surprise to me if you were named fastest drummer in the world, the way <laughs> your brain must be wired, I 1 million percent, you can build a platform to change the future of music. It makes perfect sense to me. Thanks, Julie. Yes, I think drummers are built that way because especially if you get really nerdy into the drums as I did, you focus on four limb separation. So being able to play different time signatures with both your hands and both your feet at the same time. So you can have four, it's essentially like compartmentalizing four different areas of your brain and sending that info to each limb. And I got really nerdy into that. A lot of jazz drummers do and stuff. And I was like raised on jazz. So I feel like once you kind of do that to your brain, if you have people skills, you can be a really good CEO or manager or leader in any way because you can think of all different things and manage a bunch of things and also execute it and then hopefully treat people well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think drummers a lot of the time are, are, are natural leaders. That's awesome. Well, I am so appreciative for all you're doing uh, for music and for musicians and I'm glad I can help. And again, we may have to do a part two on this. Thanks, Alma. Let me know, Julie. I am yours. Always good to talk with you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. You got it. You too. Thanks, Elmo. All the information about connecting with Jamcard and me for mentoring up at the link in my bio. Looking forward to connecting with you all very soon. This is the Idea Fountain Season 6. We're back in action. More episodes coming very soon. You can sign up for our newsletter at juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T dot co.